Buffalo Wild Wings has specials on food from 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, and great deals on drinks all day. It's the perfect way to offset a long day. Text that hilarious joke about your boss to your boss. What? No, no. Try a $3 Wild Herd by Goose Island. Set your morning alarm for 6 p.m. That calls for $5 strawberry margaritas. So if you ask your phone why you're still single and... Ha, ha, ha. Seriously? Head to Buffalo Wild Wings. At participating locations, taxes and fees apply. Dine-in only. Drink responsibly. Offers vary by location. Void where prohibited. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Our toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. That's, three, that's uh, 1-877-528-8255. And uh, we're coming to you live from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Um, right now, we're trying to contact our, our guest of this hour, Serenity. I believe it's uh, Serenity who's supposed to be on. Just let's check to see what's going on over here. Uh, Master Control, do you have uh, Serenity yet by any chance? Hmm, you don't? All right, so why don't you just try the number that I just sent you, and we'll go to the next guest, and we'll bring Serenity on later. Ed Humes is going to be on with me in a few moments. We're going to be talking about Earth Day, which is this April 22nd. And we're going to be celebrating the spirit of being green and invite award-winning journalist Edward Humes on to be our guest to introduce us and you, the Exxon Nation, to today's environmental heroes. Now, Americans are beginning to realize that the state and fate of the environment is at a critical juncture. We all have heard about this on television. We... uh, We watch CNN, we watch the Discovery Channel, we watch National Geographic. We've all seen the pictures of the ice melting. We've all seen the pictures of the polar bears frantically looking for a nice flow to get onto. But they're melting. And then you've got the people who are saying, God, global warming is nothing else but a bunch of bunk. It's not. Look at what's happening to Greenland. The ice is melting. The polar caps are melting. The carbon dioxide is on a steady increase. Look at the smog in Los Angeles. Never mind Los Angeles. Look at the smog here in Hamilton, Steeltown, Canada. Do you think we've waited too long? Do you think we've done too much damage to the environment, the atmosphere? Can we turn it around? Well, call me... Call me what you want, but I believe it's never too late to right or wrong. It'll take a lot of hard work, dedication, 
We have to come up with solid um, plans to incorporate alternative energy. It's a must. We have to. Look what we're doing to ourselves. Look what we're doing to this planet. Look what's happening with the garbage that we that we dispose of. It's some of it doesn't decompose plastic. Look what we've done to the birds with beer cake with beer. Um, what do you call them? The uh, things the beer the beer cans come in, the plastic that are chucked out. We're killing things. It's crazy, but this is what we humans are doing not only to our planet, but to the to the plants, the animals, the birds, the fish that we live with. Look what the pollution is doing to the oceans and the rivers. Look what global warming is doing to the oceans. It's crazy. We have to do something about it, Exxon Nation. And when I come back from this two-minute commercial break, we're going to be speaking with Ed Edward Humes. We're going to be talking about Earth Day 2009. Earth Day is April the 22nd of this year. And we're going to be talking about global warming, resource depletion, and pollution, and how these are threatening the natural world, as well as our own health, wealth, and survival. one 528 is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. And Edward Humes is my guest when I return in two minutes after this commercial break. If you'd like to give us a call and share your pro stories for Earth Day, or if you if somebody's really ticking you off about how they're polluting, give us a call. We'd love to hear that as well at one 528 8255 My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon Live and Around the World from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We'll be back in two minutes right after this break. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. There's uh, been a slight programming change. Our final guest tonight, Serenity Moore, will not be joining us. Uh, There was a family emergency, and um, all I can say is that our prayers are with you, Serenity. And uh, we'll seek the assistance and guidance of angels to help you through your trying times right now. My guest this hour is Edward Humes, and he received the Pulitzer Prize for his newspaper reporting on the military and a Penn Center U.S. award for his book, No Matter How Loud I Shout, A Year in the Life of Juvenile Court. His latest books are Monkey Girl, Evolution, Education, Religion, and the Battle for America's Soul, and uh, now under development with HBO Films, and Eco Barons, 
the dreamers, schemers, and millionaires who are saving the planet. Joining me now is Edward Humes. And Edward, welcome to the X-Zone. Thanks, Rob. Edward, uh, first of all, global warming, is it real or is it a joke? It's, it's definitely not a joke. Uh, it's... It, Strangely, in the same position as uh, a subject of my earlier book, Evolution, was that you mm -hmm. just mentioned, where there's some very attractive ideas floating around out there that are disguised as science, um, alternatives to evolution on the one hand and uh, global warming denial on the other. But uh, they're just uh, uh, really uh, ploys and distractions. They're not real science. And unfortunately, the... If anything, the picture is a bit more uh, dire than most uh, people and politicians are willing to admit on the climate front. Why are they very serious business? Why are they failing to admit it? And why are those out there who get on a soapbox saying global warming is nothing else but a sham? Well, I, probably because they don't understand the science and 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 don't have a grasp of the facts, and they're engaging in wishful thinking. Because who wants to believe that? Uh, we have a, a, a climate cataclysm brewing. I mean, it's it's a very unpleasant thing to accept. Mm -hmm. um, we were in the same position uh, during World War II. Up until the moment Pearl Harbor was attacked, there were forces in control of, of Congress that said, you know, we should not get involved. It's not our business. Everything will be fine. Um, of course, they were wrong. And uh, most people don't know this, but... The, the draft was still in place at that time. It had only passed by one vote. And it had that not passed, the outcome of the war would have been very different. We're in exactly the same position now with global warming. Uh, and it is our generation's equivalent of World War II. It is that serious. It is war. It's a war. We have It's a war against pollution. It's a war against uh, carbon emissions. It's a war against fossil fuel. It's a war to find alternative energy so that we can turn things around and start winning this war. Well, and, and there's so many misconceptions. You know, right now, you can see where it's going. There's, mm -hmm. there's going to be some kind of climate legislation will come out of Congress in the, within the next year, and it's going to be toothless and a compromise, and it's not going to do anything except capture sound bites. Um, it's, it's, it's really awful. It's because it's the idea that we need to green our economy and uh, start relying upon uh, non-fossil fuel sources of energy is very threatening to people. And uh, yes, it will be disruptive, but ultimately uh, the idea that doing what's good for the planet is going to be bad for the economy is wrongheaded. It's exactly the opposite. Had we been doing what we should have been doing all along mm -hmm. for the last 30 years, uh, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in, and we'd, we'd have much, we'd have energy independence and much more uh, assurances of a, of a prosperous life for life for our children. Uh, had we taken some common sense steps early on, now we have to take more uh, serious steps. But uh, it's a pay pay now or pay later situation, and if we pay later, it's going to be a lot worse. Do you think it's too late? No, no, and, and actually now you're getting to the reason why I wrote Echo Barons. And, you know, this environmental story is so huge and, and dire, it, it can be paralyzing. And, and it, 
the tendency to say, well, there's nothing I can do. What, what can one person do? Um, what can any of us do is, is great, and, and that's a problem. So what, uh, the, the, uh, the goal I set for myself in, 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 in working on this book was to find a more human and, and graspable, hopeful side of the story, because it turns out there are people all over the world, uh, rich and poor, uh, uh, but but visionaries all who have been engaged for years in some quite amazing environmental work on climate, on deforestation, on uh, protecting uh, species from extinction, and 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 having a huge impact. And beyond their good works, uh, really setting an example for uh, what what can be done. Can you share a couple uh, of those stories with us? Yes, absolutely. Well, the. Uh, first person that uh, I, I focus on in, in the book is uh, a fellow named Doug Tompkins, and he's a fascinating story. He uh, started a, um, a business with his wife in San Francisco, basically in their kitchen and, and, and out of the back of their car selling clothes that they made. Um, that company grew and became uh, the leading fashion, global fashion company in the 1970s and 80s, Esprit. Um, they made you know millions and millions of dollars became very wealthy but Doug Tompkins was at heart an outdoorsman uh, what he really loved was mountain climbing and he came to realize that he was um, engaged in a in an activity that was giving him great wealth but was destroying what he valued most in the world the natural world and uh, so he sold out of his company mm-hmm. he he took that money and he moved to Chile and began buying uh, land that was was for sale uh, to to all comers, important and large swaths of uh, grasslands and rainforests in, in Argentina and Chile, uh, throughout the region we call Patagonia, until he and his wife had accumulated over two million acres of irreplaceable wilderness. Now, this was not troubling to anyone down there. They liked foreign investors, but then it turned out that he wasn't doing what everyone else. Uh, had done in the past, which was to exploit those resources and to cut down the trees or to extract the mineral resources. He said, no, I'm going to just preserve it the way it is. I'm going to build parks and wildlife preserves and wildlife corridors, and I'm going to restore species to their original habitats. And uh, then it became controversial. <laughs> but he stuck to his guns, and he and his his second wife, Chris uh, Tompkins, have... Uh, have preserved more rainforest than any individuals on the planet. They've given hundreds of millions of dollars to this cause and have been donating the land to nonprofits and uh, to directly to governments to, to operate uh, more than 11 parks and preserves now, and they're still going. Um, it's an extraordinary story, a latter-day Rockefeller. That's why I call them the, the eco-barons. They're, they're sort of the robber barons for good. You know, they, they have that vision and drive and and scope, but uh, they're not pillaging the landscape. They're, they're they're saving it or even restoring it. So they're, they're very very um, inspiring conservationists. But they're also funding um, environmental groups here in the U.S. And, and in Latin America, giving through grants. And they've supported some organizations that otherwise would have uh, uh, lost their their ability to. to keep going. Um, mm-hmm. and one of those is the second story I tell in Eco it's called the Center for Biological Diversity, and I call it the 
the, the most uh, effective environmental group you've probably never heard of. And th- these were the, uh, the people who uh, compelled the Bush administration in the, in the last days of his George Bush's presidency to uh, protect as an endangered species the polar bear, yes. which was a very uh, uh, widely uh, reported event. And, and what the significance of that was, the administration had to admit that the thing driving the polar bear into extinction was global warming. Um, and that was a first. You know, George Bush was our global warming denier-in-chief during his eight years in, in office. And for this organization that had very humble beginnings, uh, and now is something of an environmental powerhouse to humble the president and to to get him to uh, make a finding that he adamantly had opposed is, is really uh, uh, a game changer. Because now the law, uh, the Endangered Species Act, compels the government to take action against this force causing uh, the extinction not only of the polar bear but of thousands of species throughout the world, global warming. So it was uh, a very uh, important accomplishment, and this, this group has uh, had um, a stellar, accumulated a stellar record in, in enforcing the laws that we have on mm-hmm. books and preserving many millions of acres of, of United States uh, wilderness and wilderness areas around the world. So that's just two of the stories that I... Uh, I relate in Echo Barons, but uh, they're, they're the opposite ends of the polls because the, the center, the people, the people at the Center for Biological Diversity don't mm-hmm. have very much money at all, but they still have found a way to um, uh, realize their vision and have a huge impact. When we come back from the news at the bottom of the hour, I'd like to get your opinion on how you foresee the new administration working to help save the planet. And uh, we'll be talking about that with our special guest this hour, Edward Humes. His website, www.ecobarons.wordpress.com. That's www.ecobarons.wordpress.com. He's the author of Eco Barons, The Dreamers, Schemers, and Millionaires Who Are Saving the Planet. Once again, his website, www. I'm sorry, it's not www, it's ecobarons.wordpress.com. My name's Rob McConnell, this is the Exxon on the Talk Star Radio Network, and Edward Humes and I will be back on the other side of this news break as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on Talk Star. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. 
No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Hamilton is right smack dab between the cities of Toronto and um, Niagara Falls, right in the middle of the Great Lakes Triangle. If you'd like to give us a call, one 877 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My special guest this hour is the Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prize Award winner, Newspaper uh, journalist. His name is Edward Humes. He's also the author of Eco Barons, The Dreamers, Schemers, and Millionaires Who Are Saving the Planet. Edward, it's great having you with us. And uh, what does Earth Day 2000 mean, uh, 2009 mean to you? Well, it, as, as you noted before, this will be the, the first Earth Day uh, of a new uh, presidential administration, mm-hmm. one the, the first one in 30 years that has put issues like renewable energy and environmentalism back on the, the front burner and, and making a linkage that we haven't been hearing a lot about, which is that developing things like solar and wind and uh, energy sources and, and uh, getting away from dependency on fossil fuel is going to aid in economic recovery, not hinder it. And, and that's, that's exciting. So... Uh, uh, should be a very interesting uh, uh, Earth Day, I think. What can people do to participate in Earth Day and make it make it uh, the beginning of a great future? Well, if maybe if something to think about is how uh, how we can all emulate the. <laughs> This idea of, of, of being an eco baron, uh, mm-hmm. because uh, we all can uh, think in that way, and, and there's uh, things that that anyone can do that can um, be powerful when it's when enough of us do them, and it's not it it doesn't have to be something uh, huge huge and expensive like putting solar panels on your mm-hmm. roof, although that's that's a great thing to do. It can be something small, planting a vegetable garden in the uh, in the spring. Um, that's what we did a few springs ago. We have a very large and, and I must say, tasty vegetable garden. I, I give my wife the credit for that. I just dig the holes, and uh, she does, has the green thumb. But the, um, the result is that uh, we have quite a bounty that has a very short journey from the from where the food begins to where uh, to our table and. One of the largest uh, impacts on uh, global climate is is the transportation of food and goods long distances. Um, so whenever we can cut that distance, um, and not only are we getting tasty and healthy vegetables mm-hmm. grown without pesticides, but we're also lowering, enormously lowering, our uh, greenhouse uh, gas emissions, our carbon footprint, as it's called these days. Uh, so that's just one little thing that can be done that if if many of us did would have a huge impact um, another thing related to diet uh, you know the uh, the average uh, American 
possibly the average North American, but definitely the average U.S. citizen, eats about seven times as much beef as most nutritionists say would be healthy. Um, one of the interesting things about the livestock industry is that um, we have basically consumed almost 30% of the uh, earth's surface that isn't covered by water to raise livestock and to support this immense beef addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is now the a larger greenhouse gas emitter, a larger contributor to climate change than our cars. So even just cutting our beef diet in half in the U.S. would be uh, enormous. It would be like uh, every driver in America got a Toyota Prius instead of what we're driving around <laughs> now. It would be that big. Uh, not even to cut it to a helpful level, but just to cut it in half would be. Uh, if you wanted to do something about climate change, that would be a big one. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My special guest, Exxon Nation, is Edward Humes. We're talking about Earth Day 2009, which is going to be on April the 22nd, I believe. Yes, and I always know that because it's also my birthday. You're kidding. My birthday is April 27th. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, but, uh, no, yes, uh, Earth no. Day uh, was, uh, for whatever reason, it shows my uh, uh, birthday as, as uh, the day to celebrate it. And it's, uh, it's very apt, I think, to... This year, since I have a book called Eco Barons coming out, yeah. birthday, birthday, you know, it's all, all good. Hey, listen, if I don't talk to you before then, happy birthday, my friend. Well, thank you very much. And congratulations on, on the Pulitzer Prize. Um, schemers. Let's talk about the schemers. The schemers, sure. Well, you know, it takes it takes the mix. People with money, people with dreams, and then people with schemes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I was talking a little earlier about the Center for Biological Diversity. Their origin story is the ultimate schemer story because it begins with two guys who were working for the Forest Service in uh, New Mexico uh, as owl hooters. They were the owl hooters. They would go out at night and they would hoot like owls in the mm-hmm. forest, uh, hoping to spot or attract um, the Mexican spotted owl, which was an endangered species. And if they found them, then the trees in the U.S. forest, and this is all public land, could not be cut down. Well, this was during the Reagan administration, and the, the, the main goal of the U.S. Forest Service was to cut trees down <laughs> rather than preserve them. And the uh, owl hooters found owls in this one track that uh, was destined to be logged. They said, well, you can't cut down the trees anymore. And their supervisor says, well, yeah, <laughs> yes, we can. You know, as far as we're concerned, you didn't find any owls. So that ended their government employment because they went public with their knowledge and then they filed a petition because there's this peculiar aspect of the Endangered Species Act, um, law passed unanimously by the U.S. Senate in 1973 and, and signed by Richard Nixon. So this wasn't a, a, a liberal, wacky idea. This was a bipartisan, common-sense measure back in mm-hmm. the day. And it gives Americans all anywhere in the country the right to say, wait a minute, government, you're, you're harming an endangered species. Stop. Everyone has standing. And they, no one was doing it. No one was taking advantage of it. So the scheme that these guys hatched was to actually try and force the government to follow the law. And they've been fantastically successful at this over the last 30 years. They have protected some 500 species that would otherwise be extinct. About 70 million acres of habitat had to be preserved to do that forests that belong to the public but would have been logged and, and, and reduced to stumps. So uh, their little scheme 
it's so it's so interesting because they're often betrayed as outlaws and sort of being out there and being radical. And really, all they're saying is just follow the law. Great scheme. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, we, we've got to do something, and um, whether it's you, uh, well, you're doing a great job. You know, you're doing what it takes. And uh, I, I just wonder how many people out there are just standing there with their head in the sand, waiting for everybody else to clear this mess up and not realizing that it's going to take the participation from each and every person listening tonight and those who aren't listening tonight in order to turn things around. We just can't wait for government to do everything. We have to. No, we can't. And we, one thing we have to demand is cleaner greener transportation. You know, I, I read about a guy named Andy Frank. He, they call him the father of the plug-in hybrid. He basically came up with the modern hybrid car. Mm-hmm. He and a, He's a professor. He takes a team of college students. They could take a, a big old SUV and yank out the engine and put in an electric motor and battery packs and a little gas-sipping engine to, to occasionally come on and, and ch- charge the, the battery. And right. It's it's amazing. They can go, you know, suburban or or a Ford Explorer. They'll get it to go eighty, ninety miles without burning a drop of gasoline. And you know, Detroit claims it's impossible. You know, they've been working forever oh. on this new Chevy that can go forty miles and not burn any gas. Andy Frank's been building cars that that run rings around anything Detroit does with off-the-shelf parts. Exactly. You know, nothing exotic. Exactly. And, why aren't we all driving these cars? That's the question, because it's, it's very technology simple. and it's not economy, and yet um, his designs won't be, they, the car makers will not adopt them. It's very simple, yet. because the auto manufacturers are in bed with the fossil fuel industry. There's so many kickbacks, there's so many pockets being filled. There's a gentleman in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. He makes little gizmo devices that you add to your vehicle that you can get 110 miles per gallon. There are so many. Well, there's people. no reason why we need to be burning any gas in our cars because, and this is the awful thing that I, I learned in the course of working, working on this book, that California basically ordered car makers to build electric cars, not hybrids, just electric mm-hmm. cars about 10 years ago because the smog was so bad here. They said, if you want to sell any kind of cars in California, you're going to build these suckers. And the car makers hated it, and they sued, and they lobbied, but they built these cars, and they were amazingly good because people are still driving them. They're treasures. Uh, Toyota had this great little uh, SUV called the RAV4. It, oh, yeah. And it, it gets up to 150 miles on a single charge. Now, if you ask them in Detroit, can you build that? They say it's impossible. They could do it 10 years ago when they were compelled to do it, though. Um, but they prevailed, and they got California to back down. And it was a sad day when that happened because we'd all be a lot better off if if California, the biggest car market in the world, had, had stuck to its guns. Uh, we'd be all be driving these cars, if, whether they'd be available if we wanted them. And who wouldn't want them? If you, And then if you have a solar uh, charging system on the roof of your house, it doesn't have to be big to charge up one car. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd have free transportation for <laughs> forever. <laughs> It's a no-brainer, and yet it's not happening. Well, I still say the reason why these things don't happen is because there are so many people in bed with each other. All they're interested in doing is making the buck. They really don't give a damn about you or I, the the pollution. They're just interested in how much money they can put in their pocket, how much they can get away with, because, hey, I'm not going to be around to worry about this when it happens. Well, and, and this is really where... 
where where government's role has to be because it, there has to there have to be incentives. You know, there has to be a carrot and a stick to get um, the private sector to behave. It was the removal of those <laughs> the sticks that got us into trouble in the economy. You know, when Carter was president, he's a much maligned uh, uh, former president. Uh, you know, and successor Ronald Reagan, much more uh, beloved at least by some in in the U.S. and but before he left office, we had we had all these gasoline crises and sh- crises and shortages, and uh, he put in place a, a plan to for energy independence. By the year 2000, we were going to be 25 percent renewable as a nation, and it was very doable. And uh, and at that time, he left office in 1981. The U.S. led the world in renewable energy and solar and wind and geothermal because the government supported it. It subsidized some, it gave tax breaks, it made it affordable for, mm-hmm. for both industry and homeowners to, to, to adopt this technology, and it was vibrant. It was, it was the wave of the future. Uh, and it was all wiped away, cut away, and killed um, once Carter left office. And it was a, a really a, a historic failure uh, of, of the nation's leadership when that happened because uh, we are now in an infinitely worse position and still trying, struggling to set up something like uh, we had in place in 1981. It's really a national tragedy. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Edward Humes is our very special guest. His website is www.ecobarons.wordpress.com, and he is the author of. Eco-barons, the dreamers, schemers, and millionaires who are saving the planet. Um, tell me, are these are these are these uh, millionaires also investing money in uh, non-fossil fuel vehicles and uh, research? Uh, well, uh, yeah, the Tompkinses have supported uh, um, organizations uh, uh, that have been. Working on that, both on the policy side and and the, and the practical side, and uh, you know they have their fingers in a lot of uh, a lot of different initiatives, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, organic farming, uh, sustainable agricultural, uh, local economies rather than global economies. They, so uh, they they've they've been establishing these fascinating areas in in Chile where you have a a, a forest. Preserve in, their, in temperate rainforest, and they they bought in some cases they bought land from large landowners, but sometimes from uh, subsistence farmers who had very difficult lives and were were farming this difficult forest terrain, and they periodically just burned down all the trees. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. Uh, Rob Leperulo is going to be on with us in our final hour. So uh, Serenity Moore will not be with us tonight. Apparently there was a very tragic event in her family. Um... 
So, Serenity, our thoughts and our prayers are with you tonight and your family. Our special guest this hour is Ed Humes. He's the author of Eco Barons, The Dreamers, Schemers, and Millionaires Who Are Saving the Planet. We're talking about Earth Day this year, which is April 22nd. It is also Ed's birthday, so not only will we be, will we be celebrating Earth Day, but we'll also be celebrating uh, Ed's birthday. First of all, Ed, thank you very much for uh, joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. When do you think the light will go on in all the minds of all the people on this planet that, hey, it's a global matter. It's just not this country, that country, this city, that city, but everyone has got to get on board this, this train. Well, I think it's starting to happen. It's it's hard to get everyone on the same page, of course, but it, it often happens uh, suddenly. You know, people wake up, and whether it's because uh, there's a threat to our way of life or a threat to national security or to our uh, economic well-being, it, it's people people will, are seeing that we can't just go on the way that we're going. And, and fortunately, there's some really inspiring examples of, of, of people out there and, uh, who, who are already uh, putting their money where their mouth is on, on the environment. And, um, you know, the, I think the word's getting out. Well, you know what? Uh, we, we've had several people on the show. I had a, um, a marine biologist on a couple of weeks ago. And the effect that pollution and global warming is having on the ocean and the oh, number of species yeah. that are, are are disappearing within the ocean—it's it's incredible. It's, it's incredible. It's, yeah. Well, part part of it is pollution. Part yep. of it is climate because you know all that carbon we're releasing. It took it took the Earth five hundred uh, million years to sequester all that carbon in 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 the Earth. That's why they call it fossil fuel. <laughs> it's it's That's right. fossil fuel. Uh, and we're releasing all that. It took a half a billion years. We're doing it in a hundred years, putting it back in the atmosphere. And the ocean's been taking the brunt of absorbing that. And That's right. It's been a disaster. And, and then we did a show on the Amazon rainforest and the deforestation that's going on and what the global effect is on that. We've done shows on the, um, the ocean currents and how it affects weather. We're trying to do our best and it's because of people like you who are writing books like Eco Barons, The Dreamers, Schemers, and Millionaires who are saving the planet that I believe that the light will go on and we will work together and clean this planet. I am more hopeful uh, now, uh, uh, having having done done the research for this book than I was uh, uh, two years ago. I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, Ed, if there's anything we could ever do to help you, you just give us a call and you can count on us. Thank you, Rob. That's very great, gracious of you, and I'll uh, take you up on that. Anytime, sir. Anytime. Ed, I want to thank you very much for joining us. Congratulations on a great book. And uh, once again, if I don't speak to you before the 22nd, a very happy birthday to you. <laughs> and a happy birthday to you. Thank you very much, Ed. Ed Humes, www.ecobarons.wordpress.com. He is the author of Eco Barons, The Dreamers, Schemers, and Millionaires Who Are Saving the Planet. He is also a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, writer. So there you go. Congratulations, Ed. And once again, happy birthday. When we come back from the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past, we're going to be speaking to Rob Lip Arulo about his new book. And it is entitled Deadlock. All this and more as the Exxon continues right here on Talkstar. Don't go away. <laughs> 